and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts this week. We watched Late Night, directed by Nisha Ganatra and released in 2019. The plot of Late Night goes something like this. A late night talk show host of a long-running show hires a new writer to diversify her staff. And as we usually do, we will do a spoiler-free uh, bit up front to tell you whether we think you should see this movie and talk about some of our non-spoilery thoughts on it. Katie, should people see Late Night? Maybe we should ask Zephyr. She seems to have some opinions on whether people should see Late Night. Yeah. Um, no. Like, if you really want to see it, watch it when it comes out on Netflix or streaming or whatever. Maybe don't go see it at the cinema because, honestly, it's not the most fun experience that I've had at the movies. I think there were probably things that frustrated me that wouldn't frustrate most people. But, like, Yeah. If I had known, I probably would have waited for it to come out on Netflix or something. Right. I actually enjoyed myself, but that could be because I have an almost seven-week-old, so getting out of the house to go to a movie without a baby is like, oh, my gosh, exciting. I'm out of the house. But uh, I, yeah, I, I actually thought it was reasonably fun and had quite a good time watching it. See, the stuff that I enjoyed, I probably would have enjoyed as much on the small screen at home. Oh, yeah. Um, well, yes. There are some, so Nisha Ganatra is, I believe, a television person and I don't know has done many features and you can sort of tell which is a problem a lot of comedies have not just hers but yeah there is a bit of that the filmmaking I think is a bit is not quite there yet I thought the filmmaking was dreadful like genuinely ruined the movie like a good script for me because uh-huh. there were things in that movie where I was like this script is so good the yeah. script is so solid written by Mindy Kaling who is like a rom-com obsessive and she knows how to structure a yeah. rom-com really well and I'll get into, obviously, when we do the spoiler section, I'll get into why exactly I really didn't like the filmmaking. But genuinely, the filmmaking was so poor in this movie that it was hard for me mm. to sit through. And I think that wouldn't be as much of a problem if I'd watched it at home on the small screen. Like, mm. I mean, Emma Thompson's performance is a big screen performance, but the movie doesn't live up to her. And it would have been easier to for me to sit through at home watching it so that I wouldn't have had to be paying so much attention to the editing and, and the score and, and mm. the stuff in this that is so weird about the filmmaking and so frustrating about the filmmaking that it was like, mm. it was really frustrating for me sitting yeah. in the audience watching well, it. I actually just thinking about that. Like almost all of the actors are television actors mm. other than Emma Thompson. And obviously Mindy Kaling's a television writer and all that kind of stuff. And the, um, yeah, the guy from Veep is kind of like the main guy young guy and yeah it's interesting actually i don't know if i would blame the actors i think most of the actors did a good job Mm. but it's more the fact yeah i just don't think that anyway (laughs) yeah we'll discuss it in a bit but yeah there were definitely things about this movie that i'm like i if i'd watched at home and we were reviewing it as a netflix review i probably would have been more favorable to it but because we watched it at the cinema i liked it less yeah okay yeah i I just thought I had a really good time of it, actually. I really enjoyed Emma Thompson. Obviously, she is mm. the, the heart and the sort of the driving force of the movie. But, yeah, I, and, I, and I thought um, Mindy Kaling's script is very good, as we discussed. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I, and I had quite a bit of fun. I think the movie makes some interesting points. Although I even wonder if this is the right medium for it. Mm. Like um, thinking about what you said about, you know, whether it was a Netflix movie, this is almost the kind of thing that, 
is a skewering of things like the newsroom or some of the other like it's thinking skewering some of the stuff that's actually going on in the media at the moment mm. and it could be done i think in an interesting way on television but of course then you wouldn't get an actress of emma thompson's caliber giving this kind of performance but it probably would actually given the amount the quality of people going into tv at the moment mm. indeed yeah you probably would um I mean, I, yeah, I actually had a reasonably fun time watching this. Yeah. Um, so we might get into the spoiler section mm-hmm. so that I can explain exactly why yeah. I had problems with it. So if you haven't seen the movie and mm. you want to still go off and watch it and then come back and listen to the rest of the podcast, I guess. So, yeah, my biggest problem with this movie is editing. <laughs> yes. It is. There are scenes genuinely f- a full scene will happen in 10 seconds in this movie and then they will cut to something else. And you're like, wait. What was that for? I'm not done with that scene yet. Why are we on this other thing? Like, it, it's cut together like an action movie. Like, it, it cuts every mm. three seconds. I was really, really appalled. And it cuts at punchlines. Mm. Like, during punchlines. So, punchlines don't land because the next person is talking immediately as soon as the punchline has happened. And, like, it's cut to them, like, midway through a punchline. Mm-hmm. And the score... <laughs> which rises at moments when it definitely should be silenced (laughs) and then like plays over these moments that you should definitely be able to hear. Mm. Right. And then is silent in other moments when you're like, why is there no score in this scene? Yeah. Baffling choices in editing. (laughs) Yeah. I, I didn't honestly, I wasn't too bothered by the quick cutting. I actually liked that it kept, the pace, it, the pace kept kept up and kept moving along. Yeah, but there were other filmmaking things like the sound. The, mm. There was just random ADR in all these places that was really sort of obvious and didn't sound good at all. There's a moment when Dennis O'Hare is actually saying something mm. and the word that com- that's coming out of his mouth is a different yeah. word. Yeah. Oh. When he said, tells her to stop, his, mm. his mouth is clearly not saying stop. And then the whole rest of that bit was also in ADR. Yeah. Like – very weird choices. And, and the, the uh, opening speech that Emma Thompson gives as well, that it was really egregious right from the very beginning. Mm. Yeah, I d- didn't like some of that stuff. It, it feels – it sort of feels like it was sort of done on the cheap or done by people who are not – people who, whose concern isn't the quality of the product, the, the quality of the filmmaking. I guess, but like, yeah, and the opening speech when she it's on her back for like half the mm. monologue is very strange. Yeah, um, but it's it's not just that. It's like, I mean, with comedy, you have to have good timing, right? Mm. Timing is everything. Yeah, you know, you have to let a joke sit for at least a second so that people will understand what it is and laugh, and laugh at, at it. it. Yeah, because there were jokes in this movie that I actually missed until a couple of seconds later and went, "Oh, that was funny." Mm. But like, you know, you have to kind of give people a chance to tell the jokes yeah yeah. um but also um so it ruins the comedy it's a comedy movie yeah but it's just cut together very poorly in my opinion and and it is weird things like shooting the back of people's heads or shooting them from you know a strange angle or while they're behind something and they're talking or Mm. this sort of thing and it kind of also feels like they got 600 hours of footage yeah. Right. And then they were like, oh, no, this movie is going to be six hours long. So we have to shove everything from a scene into 10 seconds. Yeah, it actually felt like when uh, Mindy gives her, her joke and um, Emma Thompson's like cut five out of it and or yeah. five seconds out of it. It feels like that's how they made the whole movie, which is, I guess, like they are all people out of TV so TV and TV writing. So then maybe there was a bit of that, but it, that's how it felt. 
But having said that, as somebody who, okay, like watches bits from these late night shows, especially Seth Meyers, who's in mm. this, and John Oliver, it's also about the timing of when people laugh at jokes. Mm. Because mm. in this movie, people are just laughing mid-sentence. Yeah. When, when Catherine's doing her interviews, people are just laughing mid-sentence. And you're like, that isn't a funny moment. Why is the audience supposed to be laughing in this moment? And it's like they had a laugh track mm. and their talk track and they just put them over each other yeah. without actually lining them up. Yeah. It was <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you what, like that it's that stuff and it's all in like, you know, edits mm. that this movie I can't that this movie fell apart for me. Yeah, I think I probably was just a little bit more willing to overlook some of that. I guess. Well, that's yeah. why I'm saying if, if I'd been watching it on my TV, mm. you know, and like making dinner while I watched it or whatever, it would have been a really fun movie. Yeah. It would have been great. You know, yeah. great Emma Thompson performance, some good jokes. Mindy Kaling's great. Mm. If you, you know, rarely script- get to leave the house, it's very, it's really great. <laughs> <laughs> the script is good. The points it's making are good. Yeah, the message yeah. is good. Mm. If you're watching it on TV, completely fine. Yeah. And it's, but- a, great, yeah, it's a great alignment between actresses and brand. Like it's very, Emma Thompson gets to kind of talk about all of the things Emma Thompson cares about that we know about. And Mindy Kaling also gets to kind of talk about all the things that she's about and yeah. cares about. And there's there's some peak Emma Thompson moments in it as well. Mm. So, yeah, it, it, it is a really good script. It's a really good – like the, the foundation was there. Yeah. <laughs> but they cut it up too much. And if you're watching it on TV, it probably wouldn't matter. So mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like – yeah. Shouldn't have gotten a cinematic release, which is probably not the nicest thing to say. But it would, it might have, I think, gotten like an always be my maybe kind of buzz around it if it had been on Netflix. Like it would have been the thing, and everybody would have been talking about it. Whereas releasing it as a cinema release didn't get that buzz, didn't get people talking about it, and it's just going to fall out of yeah. And but Mindy Kaling possibly didn't want to do another show. Like I could have seen them people offering her a show like this because there's actually a show coming up, the upcoming Apple um, TV network, whatever it's called, has a show with Reese Witherspoon and, and Jennifer Aniston that seems like it's, it's set in a morning show mm. and I would very much expect that it'll go be around this kind of subject matter. This It feels like something you could do on TV, like, you know, like 30 Rock or The Muppet Show or any of those sort of classic shows about shows. Uh, but, of course, one of the clever things that I liked about this is that it's a romantic comedy between Emma Thompson's character and Mindy Kaling's character yeah. and Mindy Kaling being the romantic comedy expert that she is writes that, that all of the beats of that relationship beautifully. Yeah. And it's really nicely put together. And, and that to me was really fun. I liked these two women and I liked the arc of their story. Oh, me too. And, and, some of the best scenes in the movie are the scenes where they're angry with each other because uh, they are the, given yeah. that space. All of the best stuff, yeah, is that those two being angry with each other. Or, well, some or Emma Thompson, actually, Emma Thompson and her boss, That those scenes are also yeah. really good. I was going to say, some of it's Emma Thompson being angry with other people. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If she's, if, as long as she's ranting angrily, the movie is great. Yeah, yeah. Also, again, <laughs> she tells jokes in those scenes, but because they don't cut away from them and she just keeps talking, mm. they land Yes. So the biggest laughs in the movie actually come in the most dramatic scenes mm. because people have heard the joke yeah, and laugh and had time to process it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, when she does the stand up and and completely kind of falls on her face. Yeah. And then picks it up and it's you just basically see the act. Yeah. Is great. And then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. No. And you can see the difference between that and Mindy Kaling's um, MC bit. 
Yeah. At the beginning of that, where like she just goes joke, 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 and it's cutting back to Catherine behind mm. the scenes and it's cutting back to her, where those jokes were funny as well. But we don't sit in it, so we don't get the laugh. And then the next joke, it's yeah. like cutting away to something else and cutting back to her. And, you know, right. And so, mm. like, that is a really clear, you know, example of this, the problem that I had with this. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, whereas I thought her, yeah, her emceeing was actually really quite good. And getting to see Mindy do a little bit of stand up made yeah, was, me happy. But the stand up was great. The jokes mm. were really funny. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the whole thing that, I mean, the jokes in the movie are really funny. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. My first note in this movie is actually taking her shoes off at a bar as Pete Emma Thompson. So, yeah, there's a c- more than one time where, where she talks, where we, she does that with taking her shoes off. It's funny, actually, the shoe thing, because there's a couple of times where she's wearing like, really high wedge or not wedge like really but platform sneakers like yeah. full-on 90s spice girl style but they're probably really comfortable because they're mm. sneakers and i it was something i kept thinking about because obviously it start it, obviously emma thompson's own history like at the golden globes with her yes. shoes but the it starts with that so you're thinking of it and then there's another scene later on where she's climbing stairs and she takes her shoes off and yeah it's interesting actually how they how they have her dress because she the costuming on her is like soft butch like she is always in men's style suits and waistcoats and that sort of tailoring even that really cool jumpsuit that she wears at the party she's is sort of very masculine type of tailoring and the shoes that she wears like there's a pair that look like spats except that they're mm. high heels so it was, it was an interesting like combination of there's some another pair that look like brogues or um like loafers that are there, but are also like have this high stacked heel on them mm. and it's kind of like oh that's an interesting choice I, I guess it's about the contradiction in the character like emma thompson herself in real life is the kind of person who when she was made a dame, rocked up in like actual sneakers mm. to the ceremony and suit, and that's that is how she looks. But this character is kind of like it's, it differentiates her actually in that way. It, this character is she's sort of the way there with the short hair and the butch tailoring, but then also she's got these high heels, or she feels like she must wear these mm. spiky heels to do this job. Now I wish I'd noticed the shoes in the very last scene. They, oh. Well, they were the ones that look like spats, so they're like they were like a clog with a high stiletto but a big white strip and then a black pointy toe oh okay because i thought those were the ones that were in that we got a close-up of before she walked out and cried oh i thought those were the ones she those were the ones she that before the last the last monologue i think was when that was because i'm i'm thinking about the one year later Part. Oh, I wanted. I didn't notice what the oh. one year later shoes were because oh, if the, when good. she's yeah, no, changed, I don't remember. Yeah, I would be interested to see if she is actually wearing the because she's platforms. got different heel. She had different hair and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to see whether she was wearing the platform sneakers or, or still sneakers. the old shoes. I can't remember. I should have paid atten- more attention. No, mm. yeah. I just was interested in. I I liked the old haircut. <laughs> um, yeah, it was better. It was a bit more butch. Well, but- it was also more interesting. The new one was very like it's a bit softer. Was a bit. Well, it's also a bit generic old lady with short hair. Mm. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the um, cat and the baby sometimes fuss at the same frequency. Um, yeah, so it was um, – the old hair was more interesting. Mm, yeah. um, it had more personality to it and the new hair was just kind of yeah. generic old lady kind of thing yeah. rather than old lady with an axe to grind against everybody. <laughs> um, yeah. Which I thought was a bit more fun. Yeah, I, no, it, it wasn't as good a haircut at the end. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think we should probably talk about what the movie was tackling and what it want to, wants us to talk about rather than yeah, we, all which the, is all, <laughs> the, yeah. the clothes and the editing. Which I know. Was a, 
Yeah, because of course the the major themes are, are themes that obviously are big themes for us in this podcast around yeah. diversity and, and, and media and around sexual misconduct and around uh, women in the workplace and people of color and all this kind of stuff. And it it does it, I think, in a really really good way, which I think show like you can see that there are women of color behind the scenes writing this mm. and making this you know something that actually has something useful to say on the subject it's not just like some old white guy comedian going you can't say anything anymore yeah well exactly and and you know the fact that mindy kaling couldn't get hired until emma thompson was like hire a woman but then is actually quite good at writing the jokes Mm. and wouldn't otherwise get a chance to and stuff like that was really interesting yeah Um, well yeah the way she gets the job of like she doesn't have the connections she's doing mm. like she's always wanted to do this but she's stuck working in a factory because like most people she needs to pay a bill it's a chemical plant (laughs) i set you up for that you did (laughs) um yeah and and so like that that sort of oh but she's never even worked in television bit but of course she's immediately able to prove why she should be there um Mm. but just that opportunity isn't equally distributed even though interest and um aptitude maybe right and she's never even worked in television because she couldn't get into television yeah exactly unlike the guy's 30 year younger brother yeah well but also and and he apparently there's a line which goes by like that his dad we worked on the show yeah that yeah, yeah that guy the, the guy from veep his name is reed scott but i i don't i was his name is dan because that's his name on veep that's okay i was watching max kinsella going it's Vinny from doogie hauser oh so max kinsella yeah yeah Kinsella. Yeah, yeah. sorry um oh yeah right yeah i was literally like it's Vinny from doogie hauser yeah. that's why i can't remember his real name is yeah in my so, head he's always and that's a much further back reference well yeah um but I, I remember I've seen him in a few other things too. Yeah. And I'm always like, hey, yeah, no, it it was interesting. I could have done without the um, romance that ended oh, up ensuing. Isn't that silly? Like, it, there was a couple of bits of them obviously becoming more uh, friendly, but then there's a bit at the end where he puts his head on her shoulder. Just like, he kisses oh, her shoulder, which is weird. It was um, not like it didn't actually need it. it no, and it also happened in a montage that then they did, she didn't even bloody speak. We didn't even hear no, the new well that, joke she was telling. And that's the, and well, yeah, that that was a problem too. But also the like putting that in as an afterthought, like that. Do you might as well just not put it in? Yes, yeah. yeah. Like this ro- movie is a romance. We see that play out. It plays out really nicely. Emma Thompson and her husband, um, John Lithgow. That's relevant. So mm. you include that, but. And also allows the two of them to play out a really good scene, which I don't also don't think goes on long enough. They were it really resolves. good together. They were really good together. Um, but the the resolution of that cheating thing is lovely. But again, it was a bit short that scene. I think it could have gone on a bit longer. Yes, <laughs> and given them both the two of them a bit more to do because they were both just on top of their game in that scene. Yeah, my feelings on the whole movie, yeah. almost yeah. the whole movie, were why isn't this longer? But yeah, um, the the romance thing. Mm. It, I I also for some reason genuinely thought that guy was married through the movie. I must the have Hugh Dancy character. No, the um the Veep guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I must have mixed him up with some other guy who looks like him in the movie. Yeah, because <laughs> there's so many, and they really do. They kind do really of do look alike. All look alike, so it's yeah hard to remember. Um, there's one blonde guy. And one fat guy. And one fat guy. And then the rest of them all mm. look the same. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I thought he was married, so that was kind of out of the blue for me. Well, yeah, because she says something about, you know, don't see your children and don't see your the spouses and yeah. all that kind of thing. Yeah. But also I thought, like, 
I was like, oh, it's so nice that they're friends now. Mm. You know, I was yeah. like, oh, it's cool that she's made a friend at work. And, and, and he, she becomes friends with Vinny. And he's diversified his perspective a little bit. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want them to then date. But yeah, it was, I don't didn't particularly enjoy that yeah. moment. I also, I mean, the whole ending bit, mm. the whole one year later section, like when she walks all the way through the places that we've come to know and they're all literally packed, like packed with non-white women and like an Asian guy and then you see the couple of guys who were there before and you're like it just looks like you hired a lot more people. Yeah, you, you doubled you the size of your staff. That like, yeah. you know, it was a really odd, like I would have just preferred it if there were like a couple more people, like, you know, just a few more people mm. so that it, it looked and, and some of the other people weren't there anymore so that it would kind of look like it you genuinely had, diversified yeah, your staff. Yeah, she gen like the people when the people didn't have jobs anymore. She was like, okay, instead of looking for another guy who looks like this, let's look for let's somebody look for else. It. Yeah, exactly. But it kind of just looks like she went, I have to hire more diverse people, and then went and just did that. Added extra ones <laughs> with fifty people who weren't needed for jobs there. There's actually, actually, you say that that um, I don't know if it's Mindy who does a bit on this, but there is someone who does a bit about how. In a lot of shows, like there is a literal diversity hire where you get extra money from the like if you hire a person of color or whatever, the studio pays and not like your sh- it doesn't come out of your budget or whatever. And okay. so, like maybe that's what happens. So, th- and that's how they would yeah, that's how they encourage the hiring. So, um, yeah, but it's but it also in itself kind of perpetuates something that's unfair as well mm. in the way that that uh, you're always sort of seen as an outsider. You're like you know, you don't ever get to be one of the... Right, which is very much what this movie... Yeah. The other thing is, of course, that in having a movie where the entire, like, writing stuff is really white and male, it means that most of the people other than Mindy Kelly and Emma Thompson that we see for the whole movie are white and male. Yes. Yeah. Well, Through I the think... Whole, and they're the ones we get to know. I think they kind of solve that problem by making them all look the same so they're all kind of interchangeable. It's like one guy and John Lithgow and whatnot and the... And, um, the head writer, whose name, the actor's name, I've forgotten, Dennis O'Hare. Yeah, Dennis um, O'Hare. Who's a bit different as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is interesting that that's kind of what we see because that was what was there. And then at the end of the movie we see all these people who don't get to speak, so yeah. we don't care about them, so exactly. we're not going to like them um, or going to get to like them. Not that exactly. I particularly liked any of the guys, really. Like, they're kind of heel-face turns. Again, not given enough time to play out properly. So they don't resonate as much as they should. Mm. Yeah, it's one of the only movies where I'm like, it could have been longer. Like, it yeah, could have been a we, lot longer and worked better. We are we often aren't like that, especially not on comedies. No, the, usually it's shorter would be better, but in this case, it's like oh, just mm. a little bit more yeah. detail in these things because the kind of they kind of gave everybody a reason not to like her when she came in. Yeah, um, but Vinny Max Casella yeah. um, was like the least objectionable when she came in she he yeah. was just like well that was my friend that you yeah. replaced yeah that was co- fired completely unfairly at the beginning of the movie yeah um so he has a grudge against the job being replaced rather than mm-hmm. her so his being the first to do the heel face turn works a lot better yeah because he's a guy who like never really had anything against her it was just the position yeah um and that's actually something that they don't ever address is the whole like 
if you want to do a job like this, you've got to be completely devoted to it and work really long hours. Like that's actually part of the reason she's always shown as being the last one in the office every yeah. night and working twice as hard as all the as everybody else. And the guy gets fired at the beginning. He's like, we've just had a second kid. And yeah, and everyone else, you know, is it? Um, Dennis is like, oh, I don't know, my daughters don't even talk to me, you know, because he never sees them because he's always at work. Wow, I don't remember that at all. He, well, but he, I'm sure it he happened. says that. But he, then again, his daughters are also the ones who, the reason he knows this YouTuber that yeah. comes on, who's um, Annalie, Annalie Ashford. Yeah, he's a great little uh, cameo there. I loved her so much. And she was so, like, she did that so well. It was a good part, yeah. It was a good part. I loved the outfit they put her into. It was yeah, just yeah. great. She was perfect. No, she was. And then there was... um. The, uh, Holston Sage. Yeah, Holston Sage, also the the vampire actress who's yeah. like, can I hug you? It was those were interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I enjoyed Annalie Ashford's tiny role in this. It yeah, was great. It was fun. And then those two are like the, the only two other women with speaking parts as well, like really. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. There's this thing about like a lot of the times a lot of the time in movies mm. you know how we talked on Hobbs and Shaw about like how there's the guy who gets with the sister because he actually wants to get with the guy uh-huh. kind of stuff there's also this thing where like two guys kind of have sex with each other by having sex with the same woman uh-huh which is 100% what happened in late night with Hugh Dancy with Hugh Dancy <laughs> where like essentially Mindy Kaling and Emma Thompson like slept with each other because they both slept with Hugh Dancy yep which i just thought was really funny yeah, and- to worth worth noting yeah and we should dig into that cuz the the big sort of scandal of the movie is that Emma Thompson sleeping with this guy and uh, the way that like um, the reversing of the usual trope of where a older, more powerful man sleeps with a younger staff member. But Hugh Dancy's character is shown all the way through as being a predator, basically. Yeah. Which was a, yeah interesting about the way power works, even when the women involved are objectively powerful or powerful in other parts of their lives. Yeah. I mean, I think she's still – It's still an abuse of power and I don't – I think that they were right to – because it is um, and the way that – that they handled that I think was very good. But it was just an interesting um, way of, like, in that situation, she, she was the one abusing her power by sleeping with that guy, but he's also shown to be doing that a lot to other women who aren't her. Yeah, well, I think he's a – I mean, he's Creep, essentially clearly. a womanizer. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny because you just – Mindy Kaling seems so naive in that moment. You'll so just, naive. You're like, you've seen him. Like, she's definitely been in the room while he was – talking about women and on the like texting women and stuff and i was like what like yeah and then she turns up at his house like weeks after the last time they were did anything together i don't know if it was weeks after it seemed like that <laughs> like we don't know what was well, going on said in the meantime it's been three weeks when oh, they okay. sat together at that party and then it seems to be quite a bit later on that she actually turns up at his house so it doesn't seem like they were in some kind of we don't know we never get shown we get she goes home with him after that party Mm-hmm. And then we never see anything else until she turns up at his house. Right. So we, can't, we could have been longer. They they might have been sleeping together for months. And we just didn't oh, no, see No, sorry. It. They can't have been because she got fired whatever. however many months in. But, you know, they could have been sleeping together for weeks and we didn't see it. Or mm. they could have just had sex that one time. We don't in know. In which case. In which like, case, she, what is she to expect anything when she turns up at his house with a bottle of whiskey? and like, Right. Like, yeah. in which case, they don't seem to be in a relationship. No. And so it's like an odd thing anyway. So they really could have just explained that to us. Yeah, we needed this, more information there. Yeah, that's another thing where, like, 
with all this cutting is that we don't get enough information on a lot of things. There are, well, there's, there's another I'm, thing that goes right by is that John, John Lithgow's character is supposed to have left his wife and children for Emma Thompson when she was like 20. Right. That just gets, just goes right on past, but like, well, that's kind of exploitative. That's a, a probably some kind of power issue going on there, especially at the end when they have that scene between the two of them that's so wonderful. He actually says the man who's been like advising you your whole adult life, like they met when she was 20. Yeah. So really like – and he was would have been 15 years older or whatever. Like that's going to pass by without comment. Yeah, I think I think again that's the sort of stuff where they were trying to make commentary about stuff. Yeah, and it, it just and it doesn't happen because well, it goes by so fast. Yeah, and yeah, there's there was the her white savior bit yeah. was really good. Mm. Like if you actually had that on TV, that would be terrific, mm. right? Yeah, and the bit where she like shoves the guys into the taxi mm. is so funny and so on point. And then they try to do it in the like give a couple other examples, but they don't actually give you the example. You just see her interviewing people. Yeah, and there's a woman. We were in the car, and we not, both of us saw it differently. You're yeah. like, oh, she didn't get served in shops because she's Latina, and I'm like, she can't buy clothes that are appropriate because she's fat. We don't know the no. answer to that. The answer like seems to be that she doesn't get served in shops, but like it could be either. Or maybe she's a prostitute, like in Pretty Woman. Like, yeah. who the fuck knows? Yeah, nobody. Well, it says she says because of how you look, but I was like, the, yeah. she never answers the question. Uh, and and the, yeah, but the joke with the guys in the taxi, just perfect. Yeah. And it, and the whole like shoveling them into the taxi, yeah. like it was very funny. We didn't actually we need to go anywhere. Like perfectly done. Um, and when she sits down with the guy on the couch and she's like, "Hello, millennial," that's <laughs> very funny. All of those. I just jokes came were this great. close to doing a spit. <laughs> I'd forgotten, but that was amazing. And then right? she, yeah. But we still, we also then, oh, she was like, how did you feel? And he was like, um, I'd forgotten about it. And then you cornered me on the street and she's like devastated. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Great. Really and the nice way she was like, you know, talking over people. Yes. And, yes. Yeah, perfect. Really good comedy. I wish they'd done a bit more of that. Yeah. Um, and not cut it and not like butchered it. There's a, there's other stuff like, okay, so we see her opening monologue, right? Mm, yeah. And it's not funny. Yes. And then after that, we get a bit where um, Dennis O'Hare says, nothing funny happened after 1995. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that explains the opening monologue. But because we don't get that before the open, opening monologue, we don't understand why she's not funny and mm. we just don't, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. When, and then when we see her do the monologue when Mindy thinks her joke's going to be in it and – Yep. The jokes are so bad. Yep. Like, and they, and also they just have no relation to like, well, the modern world or also the person we've gotten to know. Like, yeah, as a person. Well, yeah. that's kind of the point. Yeah, which is the point. I know. It just did. They were so bad. It yeah, amazing. It was, it's sort of, you're sort of like, how did this even? How stay is on this the show end? even? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a moment when she, she, they never really solved the problem of her like interviewing judges and politicians and, yeah, and like women that are interesting win- women yeah um, no but- they don't which like because wouldn't it be interesting if somebody who had a show like this and important to note there actually aren't any women who've got long-running late-night talk shows or even they're almost all of them short-running like they every so often someone gets hired to do one and then it doesn't last like busy phillips had one for a while um samantha b has, has got one that's yeah, been on for- started in like 2017 yeah, like she's been on for a couple of years and she's really great at it. But there's no like, there actually isn't anyone no. who's bit like a Lena or a Letterman or you know, a Carson. Or, you, and there isn't a history of women doing these late night shows. But how how like amazing no, would it be though if there were a woman doing these shows and interviewing the you know Senator Feinstein's or whatever of the world and actually making that relevant 
and funny and interesting for an audience. Yeah. Like, there's more uh, men called James than than women in late night. That's right. Yeah, there's more guys called Jimmy than there yes. are women. Um, so yeah. there's James Corden, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel. Um, there's Seth Myers, John Oliver, who yeah. if they ever take his show off the air, I'll riot. Um, I love John Oliver's show. I don't Oliver's think show. his show is going off no, the air anytime I'm, soon. And there's there's a joke in this about John Oliver. Yeah, which um, that he so perfect as well. Yeah. He took her Emmy, yeah. And Samantha B. Yeah. Because um, um, Trevor Noah is not really a late that, night show. It's like a, yeah. There's that dude who always plays it super safe except he had a kid and then he started talking about the healthcare system and everybody turned on him. Oh, that is Kimmel. That's Kimmel, yeah. God, okay. There's somebody I'm forgetting. I know there's somebody I'm forgetting. That's fine. Jay, is Jay Leno still on the air? I don't know, but is Conan no, still on the air? he was replaced. Conan might. No, he has his own. He's doing his own thing that's not late night shows. I don't know. That's, I feel. Oh, Trevor Noah is the person that's that I'm the forgetting. I just mentioned him. But I said he's not. I wouldn't consider him a late night host because he's. Oh. Um, but he kind of is, I guess. Yeah. Well, he. I mean, he does like. Yeah. No, you're right. Trevor Noah. I think that's it. Yeah. That's all I I don't know if there's any Yeah. There might be. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, yeah, the, the sorry, back to the movie. Um, it would be quite revolutionary if there was an older woman on TV interviewing other older women, older women, and making it interesting and funny and relevant. Yeah, that would be revolutionary. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that with I don't know, maybe a Ruth Bader Ginsburg yeah. cameo or something in the one year later section at the end, so that we could actually see how yeah. her show has changed. Old broads, but actually, it's funny. Yeah. So we could actually see how her show has changed rather than just them trying to show us by going, look, hundreds of like people of color. And you're like, what are they all doing there? They- yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, where did they all come from? There wasn't and this many people in the says, building before. She just says, she's like, make the jokes specific and make them from me. Yeah. And that joke about menopause kills, right? Yeah. And um, because it's the last episode that was out um, and we, I just watched this Ali Wong stand-up special, like, and her stuff is very much about, like, it's very, like, I don't want to say women's experience, it's experience of pregnancy and birth and raising children and stuff. And it's really very, very specific. And it's the kind of comedy that usually gets dismissed as being, like, a niche concern because it's usually only affects women. But, like, that kind of humor, the menopause humor, that could kill. That would be yeah. amazing because so many people are going through it and, like, you never see it reflected anywhere. It's, um, these are all the things I'm thinking about because of, having a very small baby and watching the Ali Wong thing and also having seen Tully recently last year and loving that one for the same reason of like very specific experiences that a lot of people go through, but because the people who go through them are mostly women and they're mostly considered like private or like non-mainstream, it's like you never see it anywhere. Yeah. So it's, it's, and the movie kind of looks around, looks at that sort of thing. I think also like comedy, the best comedy isn't necessarily the, everybody goes through this right kind of comedy the best kind of comedy is honesty about your experience of the world and that's what that's Mm. what Annalie Ashford is talking about as well yeah because she says that um she started filming her real life because you know that's what's funny is our everyday experiences of yeah of our life and having to deal with a dog dog with a stinky butt yeah exactly because he has a veterinary problem but that's why that's why i think that scene is so good because it is so she is such an easily mockable character but what she's saying is actually really true Mm. and that's why people have connected with her i watched this thing recently about there's this girl um a youtuber who likes went viral super quick who lives in a van Mm. and has a pet snake 
<laughs> Nobody lives in a van and has a pet snake. No. Right? But people enjoyed watching her and, like, enjoyed the, her comedy and stuff because it was specific to her life and her experience mm. and people enjoyed watching her. Yeah. So, like, you know, it doesn't have to be something that – the menopause joke, it doesn't have to be something that men go through. No. It just has to be something that's funny. Exactly. Yeah. And also, yeah, that's when you light up as a performer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That line yeah. that Mindy has, yeah. When she does that turn at the at the um, stand-up night. Yeah. And then when she interviews um, say, Holston Sage's character mm. and she's like, no, no, the guilty pleasure, pleasure's a pleasure. Yeah. But the, and it's interesting to watch her kind of have these little moments of turning around mm. and then turning it back on you. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite moments in the movie was when she was um, near the end and she says, you know, when you hate yourself, you want to make other people feel that way. Yeah. Is this filtered? <laughs> About the water. Yeah. Where she like shifts from like, you know, having a moment of realization about herself to being really unself aware. Right, exactly. Yeah. Is like that's what real people are like. And so that yeah. was a lot more interesting and fun with the character. Yeah, yeah. There's an also an ongoing bit in the background of this about people and animals where it's like dogs who look like people or yeah, people yeah. who looks like dogs or like dogs other- with human names <laughs> yeah that yeah. just goes on in the background of the whole movie that yeah. was really like the, the guy has the- one joke and yeah he just can't get it to work it was really <laughs> funny yeah yeah um, I, I mean there's other little words like the pirate thing <laughs> oh yeah the pirate that's just like they walk in she's in a pirate costume absolutely no reason they never explain the bit yeah and he's trying to um uh, encourage you to wear the hook hand and she's like no yeah. that's a step too far <laughs> yeah exactly oh, yeah. um oh, no okay there is another character i knew there was another female character who gets lines the so megalyn echenoe Ech- Ech- is in this movie and there's oh, the niece yes the pr as lady a PR lady yes she's never impressed me uh-huh. and she didn't in this all of her jokes just pff, yeah all of them like she cannot deliver a joke that woman mm-hmm. they just bombed um and i mean the timing of the movie as well but she actually wasn't interrupted for a couple of lines that would have been funny yeah and also like better i didn't know what she was trying to play no it kind of seemed like she was a shallow you know person but it Mm. was very hard to tell what that role was yeah it's probably why she was only in it very briefly by the end of the film and she says something about telling leo to fight a bear because he's not above the american public and i was like did anybody (laughs) like is that supposed to be self-aware joke that she didn't watch that movie because like that movie was all above being all about being above the american public it was super pretentious and snobby oh the whole thing about leo getting an oscar like who gives a about Leonardo DiCaprio, honestly, and like Uh, so many people i know right all these people were like leo needs an oscar but like there's so many other people who are also Jake overlooked. Jessica Chastain, Amy Adams, Amy Adams, like so many other people who've been overlooked by Oscar so many times. Yeah, and deserving, and I don't know. I just don't understand it. But then I've never really been that into him. No, neither have I. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tom Cruise Cruise mummy joke killed me. Yeah, I thought that was fan freaking. <laughs> yeah, Tom, well, Tom Cruise and I are the same age. <laughs> he gets to shag the mummy. He gets to kill the mummy. I am the mummy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That bit. That bit about age. The ages of women in Hollywood. Perfect. And yeah came from a place of truth in Emma Thompson's life as well. Yeah. Okay. I think that's all I really need to say. Yeah. I've got two notes in a row about bad pacing and timing. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, two yeah we probably in, need to kind no, of – No, three. Three in a row. Yeah. Holy crap. I we, didn't we, even realize. Yeah. Well, we, that's the, the whole first half of this was about the editing and the pace. Everything keeps coming back to it. Yeah. Um, but we probably kind of need to – Let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. 
Anyway. I have a note that's just Bill Maher. Oh, yeah, when so, he arrived on the screen. Yeah, I made the same uh, noise when he came on screen as I did every time Hugh Dancy appeared. Yeah, I actually um, have one thing that I really want to say, which is when she's doing that Seth Meyers interview and she can't stop talking about Emma Thompson. How much she loves her, yeah. 100% a Mean Girls word vomit moment. Yeah. You know when she's away from um, Regina but she can't stop talking about Regina? Uh-huh. It reminded me so much of that. Yes. That's it. That's all I have. Okay. Yeah. So I'm interested to get your rating because I suspect it'll be different from mine. It's really hard because if it had been shot well, mm. then I probably would have given it full star above what I'm going to give it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give it 2.5 out of 5 because – I hate the editing in this movie so much that it, like, kills it, like, mm. strangles it. I probably would have given it 3.5 five stars if it hadn't been strangled by bad editing. Is it, I mean, I'm not actually – I'm giving it three stars okay. because it's – but to me that was like this is good fun. I had a nice afternoon watching this. Mm. Uh, but I do agree it could have easily been a television show or a TV movie. But It, it could have been a standout mm. if they had handled the script better. Yeah. Like it could have been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so I will wrap up. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. And if you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>